0: Welcome to Summer Bay's, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week, I'll do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like, is hiding a criminal from your boyfriend a dumpable offence? Or is murdering a murderer really a crime? Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Before I get started, I just want to share a top tip to really enhance your home and way viewing. And that is no spoilers. I can promise you it is a total game changer. So when the episode ends, don't flick on to see what's coming up tomorrow. Avoid spoilers online. Try for one week and see how you get on. It's unbelievable. And really adds to the twists and turns and speculations of what comes next. So we start this week a little bit heavy with Bella's storyline where after trying to move her relationship with Nick to the next level, it ends up being too much for her. Memories of her sexual assault start flooding back and she realises that she's gone way beyond what she thought she was ready for. And I must say, the actress that plays Bella it acted so well. I thought they handled the situation brilliantly and i think while it went from her wanting to have sex with nick right to her cutting herself it i found it quite an unexpected twist but i suppose it can those kind of scenarios can come as a surprise even to the person who's experiencing it themselves and it really showed the broad spectrum of mental health and how people process trauma and sexual violence and sexual assault and i think that was done really well and Bella, when she arrived at the hospital, and her tender moments with Willow and Colby were done beautifully. She does, a, I said this from the day she walked into the bay, she does the most perfect single tear cry. And it was very sensitive to her, to the family and to the shock that everybody felt. And she definitely shocked herself. And I'm glad that Tori is such a good doctor and that she recommended that Bella go and seek full-time psychiatric care because, like, if she wasn't doing the counselling, it's gone past the point of her being able to figure this out on her own and there's no shame in asking for help. This comes with consequences felt by everyone. Colby blames himself. He didn't know what to do. He thought everything was going fine. And Willow feels responsible for the advice she had given, but she was showing no signs of the direction that this was going in and she... Ultimately, think I do think Bella had surprised herself by how well she thought she was getting on to how well she was actually doing, and this kind of brought that all up to light. Um, so Nick does bail; he does run away, and he's trying to. He goes into a complete tiz, tries to talk to Ari. His mum is getting bits and bobs of it, and when Gemma starts to learn more, she really hammers home the breaking the family cycle of running, and I think that was. Done amazingly well because she, she was. I love how she was able to communicate with him, not in the way that Harry has been doing it, but in her own way, and saying to him like, "If you you shouldn't run if you've got nothing to hide from, and you're if you run, you're going to look guilty." And him learning that he can't run from this one, I think we saw Nick grow and develop. Even though he doesn't find out too much later on why Bella was in hospital, he did a lot of growing up in the in this episode from his listening to his mum saying you can't run from this one facing up to Colby oh I still have shivers I had to watch that scene twice him assuming that it was his fault and that everybody should be blaming him but he had to be told by his mum then by Colby in that emotional scene and then also by John Palmer later on so it's hard not to feel like it's your fault because you think you're the reason that this person is in hospital. And he was given a warning by Ryder and I th- I kind of don't know how I feel about how Ryder reacted to it because I know Ryder is just being protective. But he was giving Nick a very hard time about it and kind of saying to him when the going got tough and when things got really serious you had to get out of there. So I suppose in a way that holds Nick accountable for why he ran And that's where it's great that his mum was there to catch him. And I understand Ryder is doing what he thinks is best for Bella and speaking on her behalf. But I kind of felt he went a tiny bit too far because Nick was very obviously sorry and very obviously confused and very obviously in a complete spin and a tizz. But it's also no harm. I'm not saying Ryder was wrong. And as hard as a time as Ryder was giving Nick, he did get to use... The golden word of Summer Bay, home and away, and it's gutless. Oh, I would love to be in a position in my life where I would get to say gutless to someone and really, really mean it. And they use it very rarely. And when they use it, you know, it's packing some weight. But... But when Ryder called Nick gutless, it was the perfect use of it. We hadn't heard it in ages. And boom, penny drop. Gutless was dropped. It was used. It was worked. I Just all that back and forth between the two of them was totally worth it for the use of that word. And with Ryder, I think John stepped in so well. He showed us all the John that Marilyn fell in love with and John really steps up. John's pulled out of his funk and is just now providing his support and being the good person that we all know is under that harsh John exterior and helping Ryder clean the sheets was not an easy feat and really being there for, for Nick and I really appreciate in all his... Like, you know, no one blames you, Nick, chats. There's also, don't you dare compare me to your uncle. Or he's like, oh, try the phone. eh?" Like, he loves a good, smart comment. So I'm glad to know the real John is there as well. But it's great to see John start changing. And what I spoke about a few episodes ago was this falling out between John and Marilyn. Would it be the catalyst for them breaking up or would it be the catalyst to make John a better person? And dare I say this is happening that we are starting to see the wheels of motion for John's change and not Marilyn's he's obviously giving Marilyn her time and space but he's also working on himself and acknowledging his role and his responsibility as to why they are where they are now and Marilyn is starting to see that now. It's amazing. I love how their team approach. John, you take care of Nick and I'll take care of Gemma. Absolutely love it. Gorgeous. And also, John, echoing the spirit of the Bay by helping Gemma and really being a support to her while Nick is in his complete tizzy explaining the Gina story. Because we do forget that Gemma is still grieving the loss of her husband. And that bond, we didn't get enough time to talk on it last week because a lot of there was a bunny hole down a history lesson that I went on but John and Gemma's relationship is absolutely gorgeous when she takes him out for the drink and they connect on what makes them similar and not what makes them different it's really helping build a gorgeous bridge between the two of them and him saying to her that we always look out for each other and it's Colby, Bella it's everyone who's going through some stuff it just really makes me want to live in Summer Bay but to bring it back to Bella her conversation with Colby in the hospital where he says I don't want to be that scared again and we need to try something different in order to help her and while neither of them want her to leave it's very much their only option and I really felt for them in that moment because Colby has fought so hard to help Bella fix her, solve her problems, get her on the right path and it's still nothing is working and it's just, they've just been pushed to this point and I feel Bella herself feels out of control and she's scared herself and while she obviously doesn't want to go and to leave Colby it's the only way to get through this. And so Bella arrives at the Equine Therapy Centre and I thought she was gonna be rocking up at just a hospital and really hate it. But for someone who hates therapy and who hates talking about things, this equine therapy seems perfect for her. I know she's not allowed of her phone or anything like that, but it's 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 such a well-thought-out storyline because Yes, the no phones, that'll definitely help. And it'll help submerge her into the life. Also, naming of the horse Bullet. Hello. Colby shot Ross with a bullet. Can we just tie that up in a little bow? That was... uh And the trainer guy seems amazing and it just seems like a great interactive way that will actually benefit her. Because I thought they'd just send her off to a hospital and she'd never come back. But it kind of seems now that this is an actual form of therapy that will actually suit her and it kind of paints the therapy picture to people in a totally different way because I really didn't expect that. But the goodbye was extremely sad anyway and then when Colby pulled in and wanted to go back... That really tugged at the old heartstrings but it it really is for the best for Bella. And if you've been affected by any of the events in this week's episode please know that Pietro House have a 24 hour 7 days a week hotline one 800 24-7 24-7 Twenty four seven, twenty four seven, or there's always this Samaritans free phone number one one six one two three. So do mind yourself. So in Nico's reaction to what happened with Bella, he calls his steamy brother Tane. So I don't. Did you still out on how I feel about him? He's obviously coming under a big cloud of judgment. Ari hates his guts. But Nick seems to really, he feels listened to, he feels more brotherly with Tane, whereas Ari is trying to be some kind of like father to him. And once Ari gets wind of this, of course, he's straight to the city to like have this sexy standoff with Tane. And it's just, I don't know how I feel about it. I I wish... I really want to, like, uh, fancy both of those brothers. Tani in particular, because he's a bit, like, of a cheeky chappy. But I feel like his face is a little bit, like, frozen. He needs to, like, I need to see some, like, him move his eyebrows more or something. And he doesn't have, like, the prowess of the Braxtons or anything like that. But, and, like, Ari's too cranky to fancy. So, I don't know. I just, I really want to fancy one of them. But I just, I don't know. It's just not really getting there yet. But maybe they're growers. But their standoff was... I don't know Ari trying to pull rank and then it still doesn't work he's thrown around threats I still feel like there's going to be a bit more Titanic's not going to stay in the city forever and Nick seems desperate to want to see him more so I'd say he'll be built into the storyline a little bit more and after all of that Nick did the honourable thing and apologised to everyone and I'm glad Gemma especially got one And while being a very new character, he's really reached another level of like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an adult. And while it was a horrible situation, he has definitely grown from that. And then on the other side of Bella we have Mac providing some great support and advice to Colby and saying like the first night is always the hardest even though it creates a weird bit of tension with Ari and there's like the love triangle starting to come back in again Dean making it awkward as well being like well that was awkward but I think Colby really just needs a pal he doesn't need he's kind of surrendered to Ari and Mac so but I don't really think Ari sees it that way because the dumping scene on the bench Oh, I I actually gasped. Like he took it away from her. They're sitting on the bench. She thinks that they've made it through, and she's like, "He just needs a friend." And then Ari's like, "As fun while it lasted." Bye. Rude. R- not into it. I thought that was really cruel. I and mean, he wanted her to say that she was interested, and then he was like, "Ah, no, I'm done." Didn't like that at all, Ari. No, I. Mm. But then maybe they are just kind of winding that back now into a more casual situation. So the brakes have definitely been pumped on that one. And it doesn't seem like either Ari or Colby actually really want a relationship. And I don't know how really how Mac feels about that. And before I get into Ben and Maggie, the elephant in the room, just want to talk quickly about the nursery. So it was gorgeous. Their tribute to Mason, the wall of photos it'll be a lovely thing for Grace, a lovely, gorgeous love project from Leah and Justin and it definitely brought them closer together. But when she goes, most men would have given up by now. And Like, you've only been recovering for like four weeks, maybe six. And Justin has really like reached like an upper echelon. Like, this relationship is really bringing the best out of him and he's living like his best life. Just from his relationships in the past, he was always a bit like, you know, surf and cars and family dramas but now he's really upgraded into this kind of he's become a proper man he's really matured and Leah's brought that out of him but he's really progressed as a character and I love it I also loved this week when Jasmine was talking about going to the hospital with Tori. All the gossip gals were like, oh, pick me, pick me. Marilyn was like, I'm the best. And then Rue was like, no, 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 it's me. And then Irene is like, it's definitely me. I live with her. But of course, it has to be Tori going to the hospital with her. And she just feels so happy in this pregnancy. And it seems to really be the answer to all of her sorrow at the moment. I don't know. Something in my waters is wrong here. But... I wait with bated breath. So now, Maggie and Ben. So hanging around like a bad smell is Maggie's Tony. Constantly wanting to talk to Ben about things. Let's discuss the results. He's like, Will you leave me alone? Is that the only thing you care about? And like when Ben listed off all the things that Maggie had done, being like, Well, you kiss you slept on my brother you didn't tell me about it for twenty-two years, and now you want to talk to me like I don't have a lot, a whole lot of time for you. And when you hear it like that, you're like a little bit like Maggie. Would you just give them some time? Like this, uh, this always happens at home, right? I, I want to fix it now. I want to fix it now. And it's, there's an impatience by the person who's committed the, the crime. And I don't think that's very fair. And Ben is such a big softy. Like, will you leave him alone? Then going, I love her and Rue were chatting and she's like, well, I'd love to go and see Ziggy. And then Rue's like, well, you can't make it any worse. Well, you did, Maggie. I was like, I don't want to lose you to some stupid mistake. And then Ziggy's like, I could be that stupid mistake. And it's just, you really did make it worse. And while Dean is being great, as usual, he has been her rock throughout this. Ziggy moves into his apartment. But Ziggy is so ignorant of that space. Constantly shouting, constantly cracking open beers and making a mess of the place. And just very, not very, like lost in her own thoughts and not very mindful of the world around her. Mind yourself there, Ziggy, like... It's not Colby's apartment's fault that this is happening. But the opening sequence, very dramatic. The two of them, Ziggy and and Ben, opening up their envelopes at the same time. The song... Oh, so either sometimes you get a bit of Gavin James in there, sometimes you'll get music that you recognize, but then other times you get songs that really like it's almost as if they've gotten a song writer to write a little ditty for the moment. And that song was one of those where it's like, I don't know who to choose. Like, can we be a family? Like, it's so apt and I just love them and I look out for them all the time but it was quite the twist it really seemed like Marco was the dad especially when Dean chats to Ziggy before she goes over and talks to Ben I thought it was going to be the Marco route but I'm relieved that it's not so Maggie is waiting at home in agony and then of course has to get the results from Marco and Mar- when Marco goes like well now I don't have a daughter like still selfish as ever still as immoral as ever but then it's, it's not that simple. I'm not going to go. When people in Home and away say that they usually mean it so that kind of gave me chills because Marco is now left with nothing. He's no business. Now no brother. Now no daughter. And now no Maggie because he's like run away with me. So I hope I wonder would he come back and do something crazy. I don't know. Also Pause for Ben's hair while telling Marco to leave the bay was the perfect one. What I'm describing it's like, like pulled over at the front, but then kind of backcombed at the back. De- 100% styled by a hairstylist. This is not a natural hairdo, and I need to meet the woman who is designing his hair because this blows my mind. Like, he's a 40 something year old dad. Why are you backcombing your hair? I need to get to the bottom of this. I really do. As Ziggy as Ziggy was in this episode, she does pose a, a good question. Is love enough to save you and mum? And I don't know, like, I've been trying to ask myself this question, like, what would you do if you were Ben? Because Maggie has lied about this mistake for 22 years, even though Maggie has said we're soul mates and would we have survived had I told you this 22 years ago Ben said that he doesn't think that he could have forgiven her then so maybe their relationship wasn't as meant to be as they thought it was but I I feel like if I'd spent 22 years with someone you'd like to think that you could work through it and at least there'd be like some counselling put on the table because it's a lot to throw away and especially how codependent each other is on the other person they have two gorgeous daughters but the deceit is kind of like a rot they would have to do some serious work to get their relationship back to where it was but I do think they should at least try because if I was in that situation and you were with somebody for that long it's not like Marco was in their life and they he was an obvious secret that they were hiding Marco was very much not involved in their life and it still doesn't take away from the like the 22 year good years away from the one lie that she hid for so long like you know the person is a good person they did make a mistake and they made a mistake in not telling you I don't think Maggie is handling this particularly well she kind of just wants to get this over with or like please forgive me I was only 19 it still is a big deal to have hidden so you can understand why they're so upset so I think that I would at least try to work through it and not just shut her out but Maggie also needs to learn to get some patience because it's not this thing won't be fixed overnight this is really huge so I would hope that love is enough but I'm not sure if it's enough for these two Before I go today I'm just going to go through an email from Marianne McNulty who asked a good few questions so I'm going to do a quick fire round Is Alf going to have to spend his honeymoon cocooning? Very topical Marianne Yes I assume so is Ziggy really supposed to be only 20? I believe Ziggy is actually about 22. Because she did tape straight after school, it kind of places her a little bit older than if she had gone to college. And when she married Brody, he was 25. But I don't know what age that makes Dean. But they could, because they kind of very much seem like they're the same age. But yeah, I don't really believe for one second that she's 22. I'd say they just made her younger to keep her in the show for longer would be my view has Jasmine still not done a pregnancy test no absolutely not I don't know why and then Marianne says I'm recently returning to Summer Bay after 10 years well welcome back hon bring back Sam Nick and Lucas oh miss them every day so I miss the Colby and Chelsea but was liking the Colby and Mackenzie flirting when he was in hospital are they really just ending that there do we want them to be together surely the Ari thing isn't going to work yes Yes and yes, I think. I hope the Ari thing doesn't work out because I do want Mackenzie to be with Colby because they have history and I don't think that that's the end for it. I think friendships usually lead to something more and like the deeper connections are... She seems to have much more of a deeper connection with Colby than she does with Ari so my read of it would be that while this week the triangle kind of flattened into nothing I do feel like it'll my favourite phrase circle back to Colby well I hope it does Okay, so that about wraps it up for me this week if you want to get in touch it's summerbayspodcast at gmail.com and once again if you've been affected by any of the issues raised by this week's episodes don't forget Pieda House is just a phone call away 1-800-247 or the Samaritans on 116-123 and they're both free to call G'day and I'll talk to you next week